When we design the environments, it's always about having the people in them feeling well, being able to do what they want to do or need to do in the right. best possible way. Absolutely, yeah. Whether you're working in the restaurant or eating in the restaurant or working in the office or having a meeting in the office, for us it's all about the user experience, really. Vivian, welcome. Thank you for coming and um, giving, sharing your time with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, James, for having me. Ah. I'm glad to be here. Good, thank you. Um, you know, we've been, or I asked you to do this quite a while ago, and I've, when we started thinking about doing this podcast, you know, you actually one of the first people I thought that would be really interesting to interview. Oh, thank you. Because of, of course, you know, interior architects um, and what you do as, as a business. And, you know, a lot of our audience, I think, are sort of more technology-based. Um, and really, I wanted them to get an understanding of what you do and how... Uh, interior architects can fit into you know the, the technology process for want of a yeah. better phrase and, <laughs> and, and really just to understand like how people design offices okay yeah that, that's it um so I guess first of all you know tell us a little bit about Spectrum your your business and how it came about and what, what you do yep um so I'm an interior architect and I work a lot with offices. And when offices comes, like these environments that we're in now, mm. lobbies, conference uh, uh, areas, and restaurants, and so. Um, and we started Spectrum seven years ago. Uh, and we were eight people then. And now we're about 15 to 20, differs a little bit. Uh, we do offices and hotels. And uh, the last few years, they have become much more alike each other. You know, the hotel lobby feel is mm. also in the office mm -hmm. nowadays and, and vice versa. Hotels want people to sit in the lobby and work. Um, and I think this place that we are in now is a good example of this merge of right. different environments. Um, and I think it's all about having people feel good, actually, because we know that when people feel good, are comfortable, they also do a better work. So uh, many people have really understood that and want their offices to be designed in a way that promotes people's well-being, really. Yeah, yeah. And <coughs> I, again, user experience, I think, is something I'd like Absolutely. to touch on definitely in, yep. in a bit. I mean, and, it, and for us, when we design the environment, it's always about having the people in them feeling well, being able to do what they want to do or need to do in the right. best possible way. Absolutely, yeah. Whether you're working in the restaurant or eating in the restaurant or working in the office or having a meeting in the office, for us it's all about the user experience, really. Many, many people, sorry to say, but no, no. many people think it's all about, you know, design and color and shapes and uh, making the environment look good. But actually, it doesn't matter how good it looks if it doesn't work. And, and how do you marry those two things? So how do you... We always start with function. Okay. We always start with interviews and, and surveys and on-site visits just to try to understand what the business is about and what people are doing in a normal Tuesday, let's say, uh, because that's what's most interesting. And, and after having set the setting, so to say, then we add the color schemes and, and the design. And these days it's also very important with branding, even in the office. And it's not about the logo. <laughs> it's about the look and feel of the whole environment together. Okay, the, the extension of the brand. Like Absolutely. How, how, yeah, and uh, their culture as well, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is a challenge that will be just 
bigger and bigger after the pandemic. Yeah. It's also a problem right now because of that people can't meet. But I think this will be much more important in a in a near future. Really. So you- we just touched on that a little bit where you sort of like the average Tuesday morning where you perhaps like going in and trying to understand how this company works. So would that be sort of like that's almost the starting point, right, of your relationship Absolutely. with the client? Yes. So you could then just sort of describe like how, what happens after that. and could Yes, I think uh, there's a... There's a situation very often where the management team has not aligned in their decisions about what they want the office to be or why they even want to have an office. And uh, it's not so many weeks ago that actually a management team asked me, do you think that we should have an office at all? And I was like, well, I'm not Boston Consulting Group. <laughs> I'm yeah, not you're not paying me enough to make no. that decision. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but I understand why they ask. And, and they were just doing the job good in, in the way that they asked because this is the most important thing that they have to do, make decisions on. What do we want our office to be? What do we want it for? And perhaps after the pandemic, what, why should people even come here? Mm. So we have to add functions and, and look and feel and, and attributes that are attractive for people to come to the office. Why would you go into the office? Great question. I, I mean, for the social interaction um, and the collaboration and the yeah general sense of being involved in something that's not just about you, right? That this is bigger and you're all pulling towards something yes. uh, more important. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because the work you do is mostly digitally. That's right. The yeah. work I do includes actually a lot of physical material. Mm. So I have to go to the office to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in your world, you're like a tech guy, so you could do everything remote and digitally, but you still want to go there to meet people. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it is. It, 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 you've hit on an important point there, I think. You know, it's not, um, I feel as well that there is, I, we get some benefit from that you know we're social creatures at the end of the day right we need i think we need some of that interaction and i think that because of this we will need to change the way that we design offices uh, i think that the pandemic uh, is not the only factor affecting how we design offices for the future because these are trends that we have been seeing for quite a few years that people want to go to the office to have meetings or interact or solve problems together, be creative if you want. Um, uh, and so for like the last past 10 years, there has been a very, very clear trend that people are leaving their desks, going into the meeting spaces, which are cramped. And the only discussion about meeting spaces, or only, most of the discussion about th- these meeting spaces have been about ventilation. Mm. How many people can we put into this room for how long a time before the air, air is not working for us anymore? But perhaps now, wanting to have the office for other reasons, we will also look into how we design the meeting spaces. And my belief is that we will see more of the open meeting areas because most meetings that we, don't, that we have are not secret for anyone. It's just like, you know, we work together. 
Right, yeah, so this concept of being stuck in a small room with a few I other people. Yeah. Or for a short time it's okay. Naturally it is. It will always be having a conversation that nobody's supposed to hear, mm-hmm. for example. But not book- booking that room for like four hours or a whole day to work together, I don't think so. So, I mean, let's just say, for example, if somebody's listening to this uh, podcast who, you know, is trying to think more like, you know, they run an office and they're trying to work through this process we're going through, the pandemic return to the office, trying to work out how many of their staff are going to be working from home. Do, do you have some advice for them about like how they can start to think differently about the office? I, I will say this again. The management team need... To, to work together with what what will they have their office for? What's the purpose of their office? Not a office, their office. Mm. Because it's very d- different from company to company. If you're like having lots of educations or courses, or if you're just uh, hacking code, that's quite different. Mm. So every company needs to focus on their own needs mm-hmm. first, and then we can start helping them designing your office and that those decisions right about mm. i mean and you mentioned it a little bit earlier right like about how you when you first interact with the client you'll go in observe i mean essentially that's data collection right yep absolutely and it, it, is that something that they should be doing because i just think the management team great yeah obviously they have a good sense of what they're doing how they run their business what they want to achieve but how do they how do they get that data um, would you answer a question mm, about sure. your daily uh, work day uh, differently if I asked or if your manager asked you? Uh, I would answer it differently if yeah, you asked me. That's why we ask. <laughs> <laughs> because if the management team asks the question, and normally they do, you know, they have um, a happy uh, employee uh, what do you call it, statistics or whatever. Uh, but they tend to get different answers than we do when we ask more or less the same questions. Mm. And, and that is, has been my experience for all, all the years that I have been working with office design, that people tend to tell me or my colleagues other things, more things. And I usually say when, when the, the project's through, we know so much about this company mm-hmm. that the management really would like to know and you know they never ask <laughs> yeah it's interesting maybe you, yeah come yeah. on it's, then it's over right yeah but really perhaps that's when you should start asking questions again right and, and kind of this was something I, I knew that I wanted to ask you and kind of follows on from that right and I think what you've described is that methodology right of how you how you work and what, what I'm interested in is technology, right? And do you have a sense or, or have you been using technology yes, we to have impact been your sensors, methodology? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I'm quite surprised, really, that not more companies or people want us to do that or want to invest in that themselves because that kind of data is, is so good to have. Mm. Uh, instead of counting, you know going around in the office counting people. And these days, when there's nobody there and we have to start uh, asking, start thinking about what, 
what do we want to ask people about what they want when they come back to the office? Uh, we have to do that digitally, but I think there's a fear of being surveyed. Mm. No, yeah, I agree. I mean... I so surveys work quite well. Yeah, and almost a combination of the two, right? Like, if you can... Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and how do you use these sensors then? Can you give a description of, like, how you've used them on a project? Uh, we have put them under the desks, measuring which desks are used for how a long time. Actually, that's more or less it. Okay. So far. And do you have some plans maybe to extend that? Yes, thoughts? actually, I have been very interested in this question for a few years because yeah. when I learned that we are now installing sensors to quite a huge scale in modern buildings. I started thinking about how could we use that data and can we use it for the benefit, benefit of the people in the building. Uh, and only like one and a half year ago, we had several meetings with tech companies, uh, huge ones as well, mm. uh, asking them about this and how can we use the data that they already collect. And they was like, we have never thought about it. Oh, yeah. Um, because the the sensors are for you know uh, energy savings and ventilation systems steering them and so, but but to try to use already installed sensors in a way that benefits people was like, <laughs> I I why have I never thought about this? And I was actually a research manager and he had his own research team in Boston. I think they were about. 200 people or something mm -hmm. and he was like I've never thought about it and I was like well I'm the interior architect <laughs> you know like it's, it's like the the child in the emperor's new clothes <laughs> right yeah, yeah. it's like somebody has to ask <laughs> cool yeah I know that's fascinating and I think that that, that is a, a really interesting take on 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 how we could think you know differently about using some technology that's already there to um, repurposing it and using yes. it for things yes. but I uh, think that and, and now this is your business you know mm -hmm. this better than me but but having people interact with the technology so that we can get the data that we want and they can behave in the way that they need to mm. I think perhaps the apps and the mobile phone is the way to do it yeah and we're we're working on a um, a project now to research that as well and I, I think it's it, it it is fascinating that I have seen you know over the last few years much more focus on let's say the user experience yes. within the, the workplace I think people are taking it more seriously they understand it ties into some of the things you mentioned before like about um, the culture of a company and wanting to instill those values in people but also give them a great you know experience at work um, yes. Yeah, and no, I was seeing some people doing, you know, producing apps, which I think definitely help that process. Um, things just as simple as, you know, offering like food delivery service, yes. but all the way to things that are a bit more technical, like being able to kind of optimize your environment if it's too cold or maybe, you know, things like that. Yeah, so, um, and again, I think perhaps companies like you and could think as well about how to use that data if you can get access to it to help understand how people are using the building absolutely and not just from a perspective of okay well like no one's in this area or this doesn't get used we don't need this space we can reduce the space right but but then also to thinking like these 
post-occupancy like evaluations of like how can we how can we optimize what we're doing how can we create spaces that you know allow for um serendipitous interactions absolutely and i think it's interesting to know where people are in a building and why and it can be as easy as you know the sun is always shining in that corner so it's either too hot or too bright uh but we can fix that so so uh, that would be a smart way i think to use these sensors for example uh, probably they would just confirm things that we already know or guess. But, but that's people okay. People tend to trust numbers, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. great anyway. Yeah, and it's okay to validate assumptions. Absolutely, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I would really like that. And I think it's a combination, as you said. Like, I think it's... You can use the data as a, to validate assumptions, but also to, you know to augment perhaps like some of those user um, surveys that we talked about as yes. well. Like, okay, so, you know, okay, well, we're getting some feel for that people are saying this to us and what does the data tell us as well? Yes, exactly, mm. yeah. And I would really like to have some functions in there, in this magical app, you know, <laughs> that you're supposed to create, uh, that makes me smarter when I'm in, in a building, mm. in an office. That helps me really. Perhaps uh, if you if you take an office as an example, um, uh, we know that the brain uh, benefits from variation, not going the same path every day. You know, trying new ones, doing things with your left hand, and so. Mm-hmm. So, if I had something telling me that now today you should really try to go in this direction instead, or take those stairs, or sit in that sunny corner. Um, like s- small tips or something, I would probably do that because I stand up when my watch tells me to, mm. and I think many people does that. Mm. And and uh, yeah, like booking meetings, for example, mm-hmm. there you know there's a large program which has a calendar and an email function that has made us stupid because it tells us that every meeting should start at the whole hour mm. at nine and ten and eleven and should last for one hour. And we believe in that. We do that. Everybody does it. When did you book a meeting at 10.15? That's a great point. Yeah. When? Have you ever done it? Probably once. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Try it. People are shocked. (laughs) And now when you have all these digital meetings as well, you know, they can really start and stop at the same second. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we book like it, 10 I can minutes? It's also a waste of time, right? So you book that hour and then you maybe the last you've talked about what you needed to talk about and then the rest of the time you're just filling it with things perhaps that you don't need to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. So do you think there will be a system for me that makes me smarter? I hope so. I think that there has to be an element of... It's not going to be one size fits all. No, it never has been. Right, yeah. So, like, I think it's great that you obviously, whoever, the, the companies that design the apps and or design the systems to, to do this, you know, they want these to scale totally, but I think they're going to have to build flexibility, you know, within that system. So, you know, mentioning about the kind of uh, um, guiding people to around variation, which I think is 
really interesting thought. And in a personalized way. Yeah, but you would need you need to have some knowledge, I think, of the building to be able to do that. So yes, but most people tend to go to the same buildings for yeah. work, for example. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. But but I mean within the building. Yeah. So you gave the example of let's say choosing to sit so you generally sit here, but let, why not today have some variation, try over there? Like, yeah, maybe they can build in some flexibility there or, or like, you know, which is perfectly easy to do, I think. Yeah, I think so, too, because we leave traces everywhere. Yeah. Using our phones, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Getting all these ads about Mm -hmm. cocker spaniels that I get now. (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) So I think (laughs) doing the same thing for me in like an office environment Mm wouldn't be impossible would it no no absolutely not no yeah i think that's uh that's it's a great people have so strong habits and then i don't know but after the pandemic perhaps we will also have the ingredient fair in you know going out in society again being with other people again being with lots of other people again how many people will be afraid and do we need to do something to make them feel comfortable or safe because fear is very strong that's a very strong feeling Mm. preventing people really to do new things and I've seen that so many times just moving people's desks you know makes a difference in a a building perhaps even or when a company is moving from like uh, uh, Shista to Solna or something people are so scared of the change and how will that be now from now on, will we have new arguments for not doing things? Or is it like, ah, I survived, I can do anything? What do you think? I think the first. I think there, yeah. will, be, certainly, there will be some fear. Do you think, like, that made me think of, like, behavioral economics, like, you know, nudging behaviour. I mean, is that something that you oh, consider yes. within when you're designing? Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, we even have a company called Nudging Office. Okay, right. <laughs> you didn't know. No, that. I didn't know. No. Uh, and actually, we started that before the Nobel Prize winner uh, got his prize on nudging. And then we put it down for a while because I was thinking, like, oh, no, nobody's going to believe that we started this before. Uh, but we did. And that is because the environments that we create really can create behaviors. If you and I were standing up having this conversation, we would behave differently. Mm. Uh, and so I know that when we design offices, uh, in Sweden it's standard to have a height adjustable table. And very few people use that button. Very few people. Most people use it just to, to adjust the height because you're tall and I'm short. And never again. At least when you're not moving around, mm-hmm. changing desks. And then we know that if we put in a stand table, just beside, they go there and stand up. Why is that? You bring, you bring your laptop and you stand up. You could do that with that button, you know, but they don't. Why is that? I have no idea. <laughs> do you know? No, but I think it's because they see it. Okay. So when you yeah. see it, you use it, you get the idea. Oh, I perhaps should okay. try that one. So it's, it's almost that they don't have... Well, they're not thinking about it, I suppose. They're concentrating on another task, and but that other standing desk reminds them that there's that possibility. Yes. So then they take it. Yes. Yeah. And creating spaces for meeting, for example, 
uh, if you have like 10 conference rooms and they're all looking the same, why even bother to change the room? But mm. if we instead create rooms with a variety of furniture, uh, perhaps uh, putting everything on wheel in a large room, uh, making it possible for everybody to just re refurnish, recreate the room every time for every meeting without having to be two meter tall and, you know, mm. very strong mm. person. Mm. I should do it, be able to do it. So then I can suddenly make my own setting for the meeting that I want to have, the behavior that I want to have, perhaps uh, putting everybody in a circle without a, a table in the middle. That does something with people and the meeting. Just try it sometime. Right, yeah, like all of removing the table, just having yes, people absolutely. sit. I mean, it yeah. almost feels... Yes. naked right or yeah. like you remove yes. some barrier yeah it's fascinating. Yes. this is examples i think of nudging in the office but you have to know what you want to nudge mm. what behavior do you want to strive for and again that comes back to what you were saying about yes. the management understanding definitely the, the overarching yeah. goal and yeah. i think the classic one is having only one coffee machine mm. so everybody has to go there mm -hmm. and everybody does coffee is a strong tool mm. And then that creates little serendipity small and meetings, meetings and yeah. yeah, yeah, and learning to know each other and culture. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great point. And actually, the first time I heard of that and we did that in that project was an uh, IT company at that time called Intensia, mm -hmm. and it was like two thousand. And their uh, manager he said that I, every day when I'm in the office at ten I will have a coffee. And we should only have coffee in one spot. And I think they were about four or 500 people at that time, aiming to be 900. And I don't think that happened. But, you know, so many people were just hovering over these coffee machines. When is he coming? Is he in the office today? Is he traveling? Oh, there you are. Hi, hi. Just making culture happen. Mm. And he created that. And several years after that, uh, coffee in the office exploded as a trend you know nice coffee cappuccino and everything mm -hmm. and and it has had happened to me two times that these people selling the coffee machines mm -hmm. were telling me the story about that project that you worked on yeah <laughs> <laughs> because it was so unique having that really nice coffee in one spot interesting so everybody has to go there and people do yeah yeah no it's it's great like you said it's a classic great example of of creating a, yeah, or nudging behavior. Yeah. I wanted to ask you one question. Has, do you get clients asking you for a smart office? I think what people mean by smart office is a booking system for the conference rooms yeah. or a wayfinding system. Because I, I, talking to other people and conversations I've had, I know that you know, it's not out of the ordinary for somebody to come to, you know, a company and say, we, we've heard this concept or we're thinking about, like, you know, a, a building. Can we have a smart building? So that's the reason the question. And as you said, like, one of the issues with that is what the understanding is of, of what it means. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, before the pandemic, really, the, the average uh, office worker went around with a laptop with lots of software 
that he or she couldn't use. Mm-hmm. Like Teams, for example. Mm-hmm. Many people have had that for a long time and never used it because they didn't have to. And suddenly everybody's is just doing it because they have it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing about smart smart buildings really it has to be easy to use and it has to be inexpensive if every, everybody should really want to have it to use it because technology is, is known to be expensive and complicated and, and um, something out there huge up there not for me but if, if I have it in my mobile phone mm. it's there for me and then I will use it I think mm. so it has to be easy to use uh, and we have to, to try to explain why, of course. What's the purpose? What's in it for me? Most people ask. Rightly so, yeah. What are they going to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's, um, it's, it's something, of course, that we, we think about quite a lot. And I know one of, one of the other things that, that made me ask that question was just about what expectations are as well so okay mm-hmm. there's the understanding of what it means to be a smart office or a smart building mm. but also like you know when you work with clients i imagine part of that is like managing their expectations Absolutely. as well like and and how do you do that how do you how, how do you walk them through that process but then also how do you think you know as we become more technologically advanced as we put more technology in buildings how you think you'll be able to manage that process? Uh, in our work, we have a quite defined process, and it's in the best worlds, it always starts with a workshop with the management team. Having them sitting in the same room, talking about things, decisions that they have to make, uh, taking the budget, for example. I think it's very common that they do not have the same picture of the investment that they have to make. Um, uh, and when the goal and the frame is there, then we start working with their employees, having surveys, on-site visits, perhaps workshops as well. That's mm-hmm. quite common. And when we have set the functions, functionalities, then it's look and feel. Um, and from the start, there is actually questions about technology. Mm-hmm. Um, in an average office, it's... It's not complicated. It's about uh, what do we have uh, and what do we need to invest in. And that's also something that is uh, connected to the way they choose to work. Because if they choose to to let everyone free and work mobile and from everywhere and flexibility is is the big star, then of course you have to have the technology to support that. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a question that will have more or less been gone after the pandemic. Because what I hear is that most companies today are allowing their employees to work from anywhere because they have to. And I know that several has made huge investments in technology, in laptops and software to make their employees be able to work from anywhere. So I'm very interested in what is going to happen now with that question. And then we have, as I said, the booking systems for the conference rooms, for example, and the wayfinding uh, systems that not so many actually are interested in. You know, if you can see on big screen, mm. these spots are taken, and over here it's uh, very spacious. Uh, but I'm also curious what that will be after the pandemic, because in a world that we 
know what disease and pandemics are, suddenly everybody knows. I think we will have new expectations coming to the office. And my expectations won't be the same as yours because we perhaps have different backgrounds. Uh, I think I read that 90% of all illnesses that we can have doesn't show. Mm-hmm. Do we need to start talking about that now? Why do I want more space to feel safe than you think that you need, for example? So having more flexible spaces, open spaces, where it's possible for the individual to choose how close do I want to be, how many people at any time allows us to, to skip this one-size-fits-all thinking. Mm-hmm. That's a great and, point. And, and have variation. Yeah. There will be, I mean... And I think that we will benefit from having technology that supports that. So that on my way to work, I can perhaps see uh, which uh, areas are occupied right now. Uh, do I want to go there or do I want to go somewhere else? The office is very cramped today, so I choose to book a room for myself, mm-hmm. for example, or vice versa. No, it's a great point. That the, the, this is the whole thing, this whole pandemic is going to make us much more conscious of our health, our wellness. And I think we need technology to support that. Mm. Yeah, I know, I agree. With the, you know, there's been so much talk in the real estate industry, construction, right, about, you know, the hybrid model of working, how long many people are going to work from home, how many people will be in the office, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Which I think, you know, ultimately that will work itself out. There'll be, it'll be a combination, I'm sure. But do you, how's that going to affect, like, user experience? Because... You know, what what I see is, you know, we've through this process so far, like we've just made the best of a bad situation or tried to, right? You know, hack it and like a lot of people have to work from home and they perhaps don't even have the space and like yeah. the, the the environment for work is is not not healthy or or productive and others space is like how will that so do you think in some senses your job will also be to help companies design spaces within homes like can you that's can a you discussion that we have and i think we will have a new situation when uh, our authorities have uh, have gone through the laws and regulations for for the employers um, responsibilities uh, because now it's um if you if if you, as an employee, are forced to job, to job from home, work mm-hmm. from home, then I, as an employer, do have responsibility for your workstation, let's say, and then okay. I can buy it and put it in your home. Right. If it's your choice to work from home, and you combine that with working from the office, for example, then it's your responsibility to make sure that your home workspace is okay for you. Okay. But I think that Probably this will change after this, and and uh, uh, the design of home workstations that are both flexible, height adjustable, but looks as a cabinet. It's already there, just to try to to um, make a bit of magic, having a nice ergonomic workplace that doesn't look like it mm. in your home. That could become more popular. Yeah, sure. and I, I think perhaps that uh, also these homely workplaces, offices will be attractive as well 
Um, and I think you mentioned it, but uh, this crisis uh, design that we are in now with this black and yellow tape over desks and chairs and plexiglass everywhere, and that's not going to work for the future. Right. And if we want the office to be a place for creativity, serendipity and meetings, of course we can't have this black and yellow tape on every other desk. That's an obstacle for conversation as well as collaboration. It's a great point. So we, we need to think differently. We can't go on thinking that the world, the office world, will go back to what it was. I don't think we will ever go there. And it, ha- it has been quite common to design offices where the desks has been smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller just to try to fit in more and more people mm-hmm. in the same space. Will we have that again? Do you want to work in that kind of office? No. No. <laughs> Me neither. That's a great point. I think that's like a good, a good place to finish. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I thought I was some, made some excellent points, and I hope um, listeners really enjoyed enjoyed it. And um, I hope yeah. so. Too. Good. Thank Thanks you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.